This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Do I have to? It's like part of the experience of being in this room with you both is I have to just eat one of these things. If you eat one, it's not going to permanently alter your body's chemistry. What does yours say? Mine says wink. Oh. Mine says text me. (laughs) Mine too. Hey there, listeners, future callers, and cooking enthusiasts. This is Dinner SOS, the show where we help you save dinner or whatever you're cooking. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. And today, I am joined by two of my wonderful colleagues who are going to introduce themselves to you now. I'm Kate Casson, and I'm the editorial operations manager at Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Okay, you're not like setting yourself up properly here, okay? Like, if you need to know where to go out to eat, and I don't just mean, like, in the neighborhood you live in. It's, like, in a foreign country, anywhere around the world, Kate is, like, your first stop. I have the 50 states covered. I don't know if I have the whole world. Well, okay, fine. But you are, like, the person we go to. You know what you're talking about when it comes to going out. You can give Kate a very specific ask. Like, I am celebrating my dog's birthday with 10 other people, and Kate will have an answer. Restaurant matchmaking. Yeah. So, anyway, I just want everyone to understand, all right, who you are and and what you do. Like, what you really do, not just, like, your job. Yes. Cool. (laughs) I'll accept that. Wow. I don't know that I can follow that up. (laughs) Well, trust me, I'm going to explain to them what you do after you introduce yourself as well. I'm just going to say that my name is Shopa Skokovic. That's it. I work in the test kitchen. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Oh, well. It's so much more than that, though, isn't it, Shopa? You, like, conceive of and develop a lot of recipes. You participate in video, social. All of those things. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Love that. So, We are here today to talk about Valentine's Day. Shilpa, you're a chef and a recipe developer. And Kate, you are something of a restaurant whisperer. So I thought this would be a great set of perspectives to have on board as we figure out what the heck we should be doing for dinner on Valentine's Day. How's that sound? Very good. I know exactly what I want, which side I'm on. Yeah, because I feel like there's a real divide here between like, do you stay or do you go? Yeah? You stay always? always? Can we do both? No. Life is full of tough choices, Kate. Well, I say that only because Valentine's Day is always the same date, February 14th. But it's not always the same day of the week. And when, like, Valentine's Day is on a Monday, can't you celebrate on the Saturday before at a restaurant and cook on Monday, February 14th? No. Wow. Like, already gaming the system. But do you agree with the statement, like, Valentine's Day should include a special meal? Yes, but I think going out on February 14th often involves a prefix or a tasting menu or a dinner for two where, you know, all the dishes that you receive are portioned out for two people. And they often charge more money because it's a Valentine's Day special menu. But if you go out on February 12th, It's still celebrating the holiday without having to be there 
for the special menu. Then that's just a date. I mean, if you go out for dinner the night before your birthday, is that just a regular dinner? Or is it still yes. your birthday dinner? <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe it says a lot about me that I associate Valentine's Day with always being on a Tuesday. Like when you said it, it like actually moves around in the week. I was like, it does? <laughs> You know, I thought it was like a, a Thanksgiving type like thing where it's like, Tuesday it's always on like, yeah, it's like the second Tuesday of February and it's always the shittiest day possible. It's a rough time of year. It is. And yeah, you have this phenomenon, which like, listen, this is well-trod territory, but I want to get into it, like the mechanics of why. Every restaurant you would hope to or think to go to somehow is doing a prefix. Why is that, Shilpa? It's an easier sell you know, as with any prefi menu. And then it's the packaging around it. As Kate said, most of it is just the same food, but it's like, it's now for two. It's just easier like for the public. roast chicken for two. Yeah. Steak really? Is that the hook? For two. Radicchio salad for two. And honestly, that's the most unromantic thing. But like is it because it's split a chicken? Is it because the volume is so much greater? Like, are restaurants getting crushed on Valentine's Day? Is that what's well, happening? Yes, they need to simplify I the menu. I think so many people want to be going out, whether with a significant other, with friends. I mean, it's a hallmark holiday. People do it for the candy. People do it for the baked goods. People do it for wearing pink and red on the day. And I do like to celebrate it, but I'm fine celebrating it the weekend before or after or on a day where it's not, you know, going to a restaurant where every single table is a two-top and people are holding hands and staring into each other's eyes. Or here's an alternative I'll pose. Going out for dinner but researching where is not going to be, unless you're into that, a special menu. I think it's the same thing. Does that even exist, though? Yes, I think it's the same thing for New Year's. Like a lot of these uh, holidays where like there are still going to be many restaurants where you can go and order off the menu and then it's a lovely occasion to go out for. I can get behind that. Yeah. I agree. What are some other, you know, even more egregious examples of Valentine's Day overreach on menus or in restaurants? It's usually like rose something in a dessert and it's just like, get out of here. It tastes gross. There are a lot of pink foods out there. Like Give me some. Radicchio. <laughs> Great for a Valentine's Day menu. Vodka sauce. Oh, any yeah. berries. Chocolate. Raw meat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, out of context, that sounds crazy, but then you call it tartare and you're like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, lovely. I think part of what I bristle at is the notion that, like, restaurants that are even, like, casual neighborhood eateries become something else this one day of year. It's like restaurant Halloween. You know, yeah. but I, I've opted out for so long that, like, I'm out of touch because I think we would just never go out on Valentine's. It's just like I mean, a from the restaurant's point of view, doing the set menu streamlines service. You know, it's going to be a lot of people coming in to dine. By giving them zero options, you can just churn out a lot of ridiculous salads and beef tartars and charge more for it. Mm -hmm. What are you doing for Valentine's Day this year? I have no idea. I mean, I, it's going to be, I mean, probably on a Tuesday, right? It's on a Wednesday. Whatever. It's like <laughs> the enough. same. Wednesdays are slightly more eventful. Wednesdays are slightly better and almost, I, I mean, honestly, if I walk in and the kids have already eaten, that'll be a little Valentine's Day miracle for me. <laughs> You know, the real win would be if my wife put together a little cheese plate for me. You cut That's off, all remember? Tempered. Yeah, but I know what I decided. I'm 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 going down by fifty percent. Oh, okay. And not okay, to my moderation. cholesterol level. Okay, got it. Okay, got but it. on Valentine's Day, I feel like you can like you yeah. can you can, you can lean dairy cheese. microdosing. Yes, <laughs> and then just salad for dinner. Just bitter, punchy, aggressive salad. 
I would be so happy. And some red wine. <laughs> what about you? What is like the best Valentine's Day you've ever had? Have you ever had a good time going out? Yes, but typically like with friends. Like in Philly one year in college, we went to Pizza Rubidia. Oh. They did normal-shaped pizzas. I do not think they were shaped like hearts. <laughs> Joe, Joe is not making heart-shaped pizza. There was maybe pizza. some kind of special, but went with like five or six friends and had, I guess they call it Galentine's Day. But I will say, if I'm cooking at home, I love a really good steak, Caesar, crispy potatoes. That's my dream home-cooked meal. Crispy potatoes in the oven? Yeah. Bone-in, or do you not care? Honestly, I buy what's on sale. Okay. All right. That's honest. If I'm yeah. really living, like a Pat Lafreda ribeye. What Caesar classic. dressing recipe are you doing? Or do you just make it up? Like very classic, the Bon Appetit one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Answer. I can live with that. With more anchovies than called for. So mine's a high protein Valentine's Day. You just <laughs> validated your presence on this show. <laughs> Thank you. That was I just, I think masterful. That when you're mm-hmm. thinking about like, oh, I really want a special meal, people think of steakhouses. Mm-hmm. And... I find love a good steakhouse, but I'd actually rather make all of that food at home just because none of it's rocket science. Yeah. And it's a lot cheaper and it comes out really well. And it's like the perfect meal doesn't take that long to make either. If Valentine's Day is on a Tuesday, which you always say it is, I'm not making short ribs after work, but a steak can come together pretty quickly. Absolutely. So that is my my dream home cook. I love that. That's yeah. What a vision. That's a, that's a very good pick. Classic. What, what about you, Shilpa? What was best Valentine's Day ever? I don't know that we've ever celebrated Valentine's Day. I guess my question for Shilpa is what are you making for dessert on Valentine's Day? Probably some kind of cake, I would say. Is it a cake for two wow. or it's a normal really size cake? just regale us with that descriptive <laughs> sort of walkthrough of your oh masterful God. vision. Oh, actually, no, I know what it is. Well, we never really celebrate Valentine's Day, so I don't have anything for that. But I have to say the most romantic meal that Mira and I do share is, don't laugh, but it's like spicy tuna with warm rice and like toasted seaweed and cherry tomatoes. Spicy raw tuna? No, no, like canned tuna, like tuna mayo. Oh, okay. Warm rice. Shovel just... went from I'm baking a cake to I'm opening a can of tuna. <laughs> no, no, no. You had an opportunity to save yourself there and be like, yes, no, the tuna this... is raw. Let me explain why this is a really beautiful and special meal. Because, first of all, I never used to like canned tuna. Like, I, I hated it. I just couldn't get over Mira would open cans of canned tuna and he would eat it and I'd be so disgusted. But then something, like, a switch flipped. And then sometime last year, I started to really enjoy canned tuna. Mm. So now this has become a thing that we can share, something he always wanted to, but never had the opportunity to. And now I can partake in his joy. Mm. So it's special because of that. And there's something about, there's some unspoken pact about this particular meal of spicy canned tuna mayo with rice and seaweed. The unspoken pact is that neither of us speak (laughs) when we're eating it. It's like we're together but we don't have the pressure to speak to each other. And that's romance, according to Shilpa. I think it is so romantic that you can be with this other person and you just have no pressure to do anything if you don't feel like it. I just cannot, I'm almost tearing up because it it brings me a great Mm. amount of joy and peace in that moment to think of that meal. Yeah, it's something really special. Oh my God, am I going to cry? (laughs) Do you have other meals that you have that same sense of sort of like comfort in uh, your devotion to each other? 
Or is it really just that one dish? Actually, no, that's also... Miro sometimes makes... He's really good at making, like, Chinese takeout at home. (laughs) So he makes sometimes, like, twice fried chicken, like, in an orange sauce with broccoli and rice. And that, too. Chris and I are coming over for Valentine's Day. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, Yeah. But there's just something about this very simple thing that we can now share together that somehow became very special. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back... I'm going to make Kate and Shilpa play a game. Here at Dinner SOS, we love tackling your kitchen issues. But what if I told you there's a way to rescue dinner before it turns into an emergency? With expert insights from the test kitchen, cooking and entertaining tips, and a treasury of over 50,000 recipes, Bon Appetit and Epicurious are your lifelines to rescue any meal. And right now, our listeners can get 20% off an annual digital subscription, including access to the user-friendly Epicurious app. Just use code SOS20 at bonappetit.com. That's SOS20 for a 20% discount on an annual digital subscription to Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Happy cooking. And don't worry, I'll still be here if your dinner plan self-destructs. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome back to Dinner SOS. Valentine's Day dining is such a perennial dinner emergency that we've decided to play a game to solve it once and for all. We're calling the game the Valentine's Day Dining Showdown. I have before me a bracket full of Valentine's Day dining options, which we'll put head-to-head to figure out how we should be eating on February 14th. We're starting with eight different options divided into team dining out, and team dining in. Each matchup will decide which dinner plan moves on to the next round, and eventually, the big prize. Kate, Shilpa, are you excited? Put me in, coach. Okay, let's start with team dining out. Matchup number one is prefix menu at a buzzy new restaurant versus dinner and a movie Alamo Drafthouse style. Why this is interesting for me is like, Valentine's Day puts the onus on you if you are, like, in a relationship to, like, have it be this special night and to talk to each other. I feel like (laughs) talking is, like, part of the deal. Are you in the kind of relationship where you can sit in a dark movie house and, like, not talk to each other and just consume media? I know my answer. Great. (laughs) The Alamo draft house style. You're eating (laughs) tuna for two at Alamo and you're not saying a word. 
and you are totally happy. Yeah, because then you have this shared experience to talk about after. Oh, so you talk after, just like <laughs> how the tuna was. We do talk. And the, the thing about the silence is it's special because we talk so much all the time. Do you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Alamo Draft House. Okay. Style. So I've got one vote there. I, too, will pick dinner and a movie. At the movie, I would like the extra large popcorn that comes with refills. My quote-unquote better half doesn't like additional butter. I will be getting additional butter, and I will be getting Bunch of Crunch to put into my popcorn. Very What is Bunch of Crunch? (laughs) Christopher, as Chopa would say. Bunch of Crunch is— It is essentially—yeah, it is like little— Nuggets. Crispy clusters of what you would find in a Nestle Crunch bar, like that kind of okay. crunch, <laughs> enrobed in chocolate, and they look like little meteors. Wait, does this go on the popcorn, or this it goes is... in the popcorn? Well, it doesn't usually. Did you know Kate about is, this? I know about a bunch of crunch, but Kate is. I mean, you don't have to put it in your popcorn. You can eat it side by side. But I love bunch of crunch, and I love popcorn. So you had me at dinner and a movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I, I'm going to go with, like, buzzy prefix just to be contrary. No, don't do that. What no. would you no- really do? I mean, can I real talk? Yeah. I think I've been to the Nighthawk Cinema once. I've never been to an Alamo Draft House. When I went to the Nighthawk Cinema, it turned out I had a stomach bug, and I oh. had to grab my children, who I was there with alone, oh, and no. run out of the Lego Movie 2 to violently vomit. And then we went home. What does this That's have to do with memory. Valentine's Day? Nothing. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, I don't I don't really even fully understand what the Alamo Draft House is. And the word that I was glomming onto here was like buzzy prefix. So where are you going? I don't know. Like maybe I'm going to Claude. Maybe they're You're, doing You've been having a moment with Claude. I was having yeah. a moment okay. with Claude. Okay, last okay, week. good. I would <laughs> Eat that chocolate cake for Valentine's Yeah, I mean, like, to me, like, that's the perfect blend of it's an elevated dining experience, but it's not precious. Things are being executed at a high level, but, like, people aren't being ridiculous about it. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of thought and care going into the food, Mm. but they're not belaboring it. It's kind of like what you think a restaurant should be, but usually isn't. Yeah. So I'm saying, like, if Claude were doing a prefix, I'd probably be like, okay, you know. Okay, sure. Okay. So you would do it based on the restaurant. Yes, but dinner and a movie moves. All right, the next matchup is casual neighborhood spot versus heart-shaped pizza. Are these dinners, just to clarify for the bracket, two-person dinners? I ask that because if I'm going out for heart-shaped pizzas, I want to be in a group and therefore able to try multiple heart-shaped pizzas. It's for two. Okay, thank you. I was yeah. like, I know I make the rules, so, but yeah. I don't so want to like, do anything that Shilpa's going to get shirty about. If it's for two, I'm going to go with casual neighborhood spot. Okay, casual neighborhood spot. I-, I feel that way. If your casual neighborhood restaurant is not doing a prefix, don't you want to reward them for just, like, treating it like any other night? Allowing yeah. you to have, to put the emphasis on being together, not yeah. speaking to the person you're with. I'm you never know? going to live that one down. Sorry. No, that was a really, that was a real moment. And like, I need to do you the service of like not making fun of you about it. Cause it was actually like really touching. No, and I think it speaks, that's okay if you no, make and fun I think of me. It, I don't care. No, and I think it like really speaks to like, you know, what it just means to be in a space in your life where you're, you know, just like very comfortable with somebody. Yeah. Which I think is a really nice place to be. Yeah. I think you can achieve that at a casual neighborhood spot. Yeah. And oftentimes, I'm saying that only because that means for me, typically like Thai food 
or udon or soba or something having to do with noodles. You don't talk while you're slurping noodles. <laughs> That's true. Oh, so are we unanimously casual neighborhood spots? I think we're casual neighborhood. We're all casual neighborhood spots. Because I, I frankly love a neighborhood restaurant. I even love neighborhood restaurants that, like, you travel to but still feel like they are oh, yeah. part of the fabric of the neighborhood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. So we're going to switch over to the entries from Team Dining In. The first matchup on this side of the bracket is cooking something impressive versus takeout on the couch. <laughs> That's such a tough one. I, you know, we, we've spoken about this in the past, I feel like. I think a lot of the time I totally abhor the notion that you need to cook to impress people, especially when we're talking about friends, having company over, but having someone you're dating over for, like, the first time and cooking for them for the first time. I mean, maybe you're not trying to bust out the freaking plating tweezers, you know what I mean? But, like, you want them to like you and yeah. you want them to stay and you want them to enjoy what they're eating. Break out the caviar and gold leaf. I mean, it, well, it implies, like, a certain amount of effort and intention going into the experience, right? Yeah. And a little bit of pressure. I would say cook to impress. I think when you're cooking for someone, it's an act of love, whether it's on Valentine's Day or not. You know, when I go up to the test kitchen and I eat a Chilpa chipless chocolate chip cookie <laughs> or gluten-free focaccia, no matter what, you know, is being prepared up there, you feel like someone's caring for you because they cooked it. There's a lot of love behind that versus sitting on the couch arguing over what to order on Uber Eats. Yeah. Did you know that— before you gave your answer, I was thinking takeout, and now I am thinking cook to impress. That you have honestly, like you, you've swayed me. I think if there's one night where, depending on what stage of your relationship you're in, if you haven't reached the tuna mayo stage, then maybe you know it's okay to feel the heat a little bit to know that like, okay, Valentine's Day has come around at a certain stage in your relationship and you can't ignore it. So just lean into it and do something that maybe isn't like so far outside of your comfort zone, but ultimately you've put a lot of effort behind, a lot of thought. Because yeah. that is that is showing love. That is showing care. And I think that's wonderful. And knowing what they love to eat and, you know, yeah, making like You that. listened, you know? I think it's cooked to impress. And you cook together. Whoa. See, you benefit no, from no, Shilpa. No, you're no, in a relationship no, no. where you're both Yes, but I just chefs. think it's cooking together, especially in like the early stage of your relationship, can be a good litmus test. Like, is this person helpful? Do they leave bits of food in the sink, which would make them an automatic no? Oh, you're you know? harsh. That's like getting into a foxhole with somebody. I think it's like too much too soon think, under wartime footing. And really? Like, oh. I'd like to do the cooking. They can do the cleaning. Okay, as long as there's some kind Although of— I kind of end up doing both a lot. Yeah, that's an interesting point vis-a-vis, -vis, like, cooking in the kitchen together. I would say, like, know what you're getting into. That might put undue stress that's on point, certain relationships that aren't <laughs> equipped to handle it. But isn't that the point? To figure out if you can work together, if you can make things— I don't know that my wife will ever cook with me in the kitchen. We're probably both too bossy to invite oh, other people in. Captain Bossy Pants. Yeah, me sure. She yeah. insists yeah, me too. on not doing the claw. Like, fingertips oh. are outstretched. I'm just watching my evening flash before my eyes, having to whisk her over to the ER. She's I, I swear she does though. it to, like, just annoy me. I think 
like there's some kind of hybrid between the two of cooking to impress it and take out of like, sometimes we'll go to a Japanese market and buy like seaweed and a few different kinds of fish. And then I'll chop up, you know, avocado and cucumber and make sushi rice. And we'll kind of do like a build your own hand rolls yep. scenario. That's cute. Yeah. And they're not very pretty hand rolls. They're like <laughs> burrito-like substances. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's great. For our final round one entries, we've got regular degular weeknight cooking for Valentine's Day. Or, screw it, let's just have dessert. Oh, let's just have dessert. Really? Easy answer for me. Oh, really? Yes. Regular degular weeknight cooking. Love sugar. Very sensitive to it. Yeah, I need like the real food, you know? Yeah. Like a nice dessert is always great for me, but it's always an add-on to like a home-cooked meal. Sure. Well, I'm I'm taking that in the spirit of let's just get eat dessert. It's like, just let's be indulgent. Yeah. I'm sure there is some savory food somewhere. You think there is? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> mm. Okay. Regular, degular weeknight cooking is my pick. I think so. I think regular weeknight cooking can be very impressive. And I think, yeah. you know, like, obviously, I'm bound to say this, like, I think we do a good job here at elevated weeknight cooking. It doesn't necessarily present as being as simple as it really is. Yeah. Because we really think about how things look and perform. But yeah, I think I'm going to have to give the edge to regular weeknight cooking. There's nothing wrong with the sheet pan meal. (laughs) No. All right. So moving on from the dining in division are cooking to impress and regular weeknight cooking, which join dinner and a movie and casual neighborhood spot from the other side of the bracket. We're going to take another break. When we get back, our Valentine's Day dining options will duke it out for the win. Hi, friends. I'm Cameron Rogers, mental health advocate, mom of two, content creator, and host of Conversations with Cam. This podcast is dedicated to having honest conversations, prioritizing your well-being, and reminding you that no matter what you're feeling, you are not alone. We'll discuss mental health maintenance, the ups and downs of motherhood, the trials and tribulations of life, and have a lot of fun along the way. Whether you're knee-deep in diapers or just trying to keep your sanity intact, this podcast is for you. Expect laughs, maybe a few tears, and hopefully some breakthroughs along the way. Make sure to subscribe and tune in for new episodes of Conversations Conversations with Cam every Wednesday morning. Welcome back to Dinner SOS and our Valentine's Day Dining Showdown. We have made it to the semifinals. Our first semifinal representing the dining out division is dinner in a movie versus casual neighborhood spot. Kate Shulpa. What do we think? Tuna in the dark or casual neighborhood spot? See, I came out of the gates really hot for dinner in a movie, but I will have to pick casual neighborhood spot. For me, dinner in a movie is something that we do when we're kind of too lazy to go out or do anything. And in the spirit of Valentine's Day, let's do something. I'm inclined to agree for the very same reason. I think the casual neighborhood spot somehow feels a little bit more special than the dinner and a movie for this occasion. I think I agree with that. If your neighborhood local is open and doing mostly regular service, even if they're not, it's a great night to 
do something that just feels like it's reflective of your life with your partner and what you do most other nights left to your devices as opposed to like an outlier, something you've really built up into a special experience. I don't know. I just feel like how a restaurant presents itself on Valentine's Day might not necessarily be like indicative of their best efforts on a different night of the week or of the year. So just reward your local spot for, you know, not Not making heart-shaped cake. Yeah. And I think it'll be great. Okay, let's check in on the dining in division. This matchup is regular weeknight cooking versus cooking to impress. Let's get into it. Cooking to impress. If you're intentionally staying in on Valentine's Day, I make a lot of the same things every single night. Do I really need to make that on a special night? No, I want to differentiate a little bit and maybe not make chicken or salmon. I'm making steak. You and that steak. I can see like your aura literally like (laughs) rippling with purple fringe when you mention that steak. There's nothing better than a good seasoned, well-cooked, perfectly pink piece of red meat. Wow. Cooked to impress. Guess so. Say it with steak. All right. Shilpa, where are you at? I can't decide. Um, Maybe the weeknight cooking. Because I'm thinking of the cleanup. And I feel like I want to make something that is streamlined. I don't want to be spending time cleaning up after or, like, having a bunch of sheet pans. Kate, you really sucker punched me with the cook to impress thing tonight. I, I, I feel like... I've really, like, come around about this. Well, there's 306—I guess this is a leap year—365, I guess, subtract Thanksgiving. There are about 360 days to weeknight cook. Why not cook to impress? Yeah, I'm going to give—I'm going to give cook to impress the edge here. I just think if there's one night where if you find yourself in that situation of, like, really needing to sort of, like, rise to the culinary occasion— Sure. This might be it. And I think, you know, all like hallmark BS aside, like I do feel like, you know, there's a lot of people who find themselves in a bit of like a pressured situation in the kitchen on Valentine's Day, like almost more than any other day of the year because there's nowhere to hide. Like you're not with a big group of family members on Valentine's Day. You know, like my buddy without fail, you know who you are. I'm not going to say your friggin' name, but, you know, he texts me without fail. Like, a week before Valentine's Day and just like, dude, like, what are we doing this year? What should I do? You know, and it's like he the only thing he reliably knows how to cook is deviled eggs. So, like, he's really starting from scratch every single year. Every other day, I really don't think he's cooking. But on Valentine's Day, there's nowhere to hide. You need to step it up if you are called upon. Can I just add, though, cooking to impress, cook something that you like. Yeah, or yeah, don't, like, be somebody that you're not. Yes, like, you know, cook to impress. You don't have to be making, like, beef wellington. You can make something that you're like, oh, I'm really looking forward to eating that. That can even be a simple roast chicken. Yes, that's exactly where, and that's why I said weeknight cooking. That is not the day to go. Shopa doesn't want anyone to be anyone they're not. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Just like be comfortable. Be comfortable. Don't talk. Don't talk. (laughs) There's no pressure to say anything. Is this like a silent disco type? I want. I want a recipe for like (laughs) Shopa's silent tuna. (laughs) (laughs) Serious, I'm not really joking. (laughs) But I, I do think I'm I'm calling this for, like, cook to impress, but with some qualifiers, okay? Sure. Like, don't take it the wrong way. Don't start making bad decisions. It's, it's a little bit like Thanksgiving for me in the sense of, like, don't, like, abandon everything you think is important about cooking to just do something for the sake of it. Yes, know? don't fall into the trap. 
And you can outsource little parts of your meal. Oh, yeah. Be smart, you know? Use your effort where it's really needed. Cook to impress by dessert. Yeah, exactly. Like, a great dessert that you spent the time to source, like, going all the way uptown or downtown to, like, get the thing, you know, which is inevitably on the other side of town from where you are. (laughs) That counts, too. That's effort. That is effort. What's our championship? It's casual neighborhood spot versus cooking to impress. Like I said, do you stay or do you go? Cooking to impress. (laughs) I thought you are making tuna, like— Well, I had to choose between going out or staying in. And if I had those two choices, then I would stay in. Yeah, suddenly you're, like, making friggin' honey cake with, like, eight layers and, like— (laughs) FYI, it's actually pretty easy to make. Not even a fair fight with you. (laughs) Kate, bring us back to reality. I was brought on this show today to tell you all to go out to eat on Valentine's Day. (laughs) I would like to cook to impress. And maybe on the 16th or the 12th. You had one job. One job. (laughs) to advocate for the restaurants that you profess to love so much every other day of the year. I will say, growing up, I thought of restaurants as special occasions. You know, we very much so cooked at home almost seven nights a week. But I think now, because I dine out at restaurants more for non-special occasions, more and more for special occasions, I want to be cooking at home. You know, going out to eat now is something that I do to catch up with a friend. I do because, you know, I really want to check out a new spot for work. But there's something about, like, being in a kitchen alone with someone or alone with your family that's, to me, more and more celebratory than being out amidst strangers and the hustle bustle of a restaurant. So for a holiday that concentrates on, like, connection with someone, I think that you should spend February 14th, which Chris says is the second Tuesday of February every year. Every year. Alone at home. Cooking to impress. Maybe you're outsourcing the dessert. Maybe you're going out for dinner two nights later. But I do think that, like, more and more, that's what I want to do. I want to be in sweatpants. That might be what drove my decisions in this bracket. Okay, you lost me with, like, the sweatpant thing. But Why? You, that is the most convincing I was with arguments. you right <laughs> up until then, so I don't want to take away the 90% of, like, sort of, like, truth that just resonated with me. I was trying to think back to, like, when I was single. And I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of, like, old Chris, single Chris. Even in the casual neighborhood restaurant, there's a lot that's out of your control. And I think I'm somebody who'd rather be able to kind of, like, set the pace in terms of, like, the food, how long we want to stay and linger and talk or not talk. All things being equal, I would, I think I'd rather just have the control of knowing that like dinner's coming from me. We're not going to be asked to leave our table after Mm. like 90 minutes. That's a big point. And I just, to your point, Kate, it's like, it's about connecting with somebody or with some people. And I think the home environment, and if you are, have any skill whatsoever in a kitchen, and I mean, just like even like basic competence, so much is within your control to be able to execute the way that you want and be able to direct, you know, the night that you want to have. Yeah. And that kind of appeals to me. And again, we're, we're qualifying cooking to impress with the fact that you're not making ridiculous decisions for the sake of like theater. You're being a smart, incisive home cook because you're a BA reader and you're making great decisions in the kitchen. And we're here for that. Mm -hmm. And make that one pot or one sheet pan meal. I think cooking to impress. You could also be impressing someone by making something that they'll love. We're not trying to be snobs over here telling you to make that impressive dish that's going to win over your dining companion. Make something that they're going to love. 
and light a few candles. Good lighting, you know, goes a long way. (laughs) (laughs) Any final thoughts? I'm going to Shilpa's house for Valentine's Day. (laughs) Yes, you guys are invited. I want that cake and the silent tuna. (laughs) I want silent tuna and honey cake. (laughs) (laughs) It's a date. And there you have it. The winner of our Valentine's Day dining showdown is Cooking to Impress with a bit of an asterisk after it. If we helped you figure out your own Valentine's Day plans, let us know. Send us an email to dinnersos at bonappetit.com or leave us a message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice and hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening to Dinner SOS. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-hosts this week are Kate Kassin and Shilpa Eskokovich. Our producer is Michelle O'Brien. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Cameron Foos is our assistant producer. Jake Loomis is our studio engineer. Amar Lal makes this episode. Chris Bannon is Condé Nast's head of global audio. We'll be back next week with more of your dinner emergencies. Like real talk? I would happily eat all radicchio salads all the time, all year, forever. My wife f-ing hates. Yeah. But I'm are always you, are you allowed to curse on you? Over, no, it's a family <laughs> show, but they'll, they'll bleep <laughs> they'll it out. That. Don't worry. Jake's good like that. Very, very nimble fingers. Hey, listeners. Chris Morocco here. If you find yourself in a dinner crisis, the Epicurious app comes to the rescue. Not only will you unlock over 50,000 recipes from Bon Appetit and Epicurious, but you'll also receive daily personalized recommendations based on your unique preferences and dietary needs. Head to the Apple App Store and download the Epicurious app to kickstart your seven-day free trial today. Don't miss out on this culinary adventure. Start your free trial and let the Epicurious app be your kitchen hero. Happy cooking. 